You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, I'm Brett. And I'm Steven. And we are the, the Broadway, Broadway Husbands. Husbands. We're just your all-American married couple making their living in the arts and pursuing a growing family. On the Broadway Husbands podcast, we offer advice from our ordinary lives under extraordinary circumstances. We are living proof that you can love who you love and love what you do. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our weekly episodes. And if you really love us, make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at Broadway Husbands. And we are proud to be members of the Broadway Podcast Network. Go check out broadwaypodcastnetwork.com backslash broadwayhusbands and check out all the amazing content they have going on over there. And you can support us by purchasing Broadway Life Apparel, Broadway-themed apparel designed by yours truly. Um, and a portion of the proceeds are going to help charitable organizations during this time. So you can check that out at broadwaylifeapparel.com. All right. We are on to part two of our series we're calling Podcast Parents. <laughs> and today we are here with, in Texas. In Texas with the Shufords. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having us. Thank you very much. <laughs> so um, this is my mom, Deanna Lynn Wallace Shuford, and my dad... Preston Neal Shuford. And um, why don't you tell us first, like, who you are separately, and then we'll talk about who you were when you met. Like, where are you from? What'd you where do? You grew, uh, like, what made you want to do whatever it is to, to do what you do? I was born in Kentucky. I'm an Appalachian girl, a daughter of a coal miner. And um, you and Loretta Lynn. Loretta Lynn was from the county over from mine. <laughs> and we, uh, when I was nine, my dad got a, got a job in Ohio at uh, a factory. So we moved to Ohio. And uh, they didn't like hillbillies too much in Ohio. <laughs> so uh, I grew up there. My grandmother, my maternal grandmother, was a nurse, and she um, ins inspired me in that way to want to help people. So um, in high school, I wanted to go to college. I wanted to be a nurse, but more than anything, I just wanted to go beyond just getting a job after high school. I was able to figure out a way to become an RN and worked in Cleveland, Ohio. My, my love became uh, critical care because I liked the intensity of being in charge of the whole care of my patients. Um, it was very cold in Cleveland, Ohio. And very long winters. So I wanted, I always had wanderlust, wanted to travel or see more things. And so I moved south. I ended up in New Orleans and was working in intensive care at different hospitals there. 
And that was after you finished school, or was that was like residency or whatever they call it? No, it wasn't residency. It was after I finished. Ah. I graduated from nursing school in 1968. That is before plastics. Right. Wow. So, so glass syringes. Yes. And you still wore the little white nurse's hats and nurse's yes. uniforms. And, you know, IV bottles were glass. Ooh, isn't that and crazy? Think about you did not have the luxury of gloves. Wow. wow. Unless you were in surgery, you know, helping in surgery. Otherwise, you cleaned up everything barehanded and washed your hands. That's so crazy to think about. Yeah. Okay, Dad, your story. Well, I graduated from high school uh, and went to work uh, on towboats in the summer to uh, to pay my way through college. My parents. Where were you? Yeah, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Baton Rouge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Stephen was asking when we, we stopped in Baton Rouge on the way down. Mm -hmm. He's like, do people in in Louisiana, it's say Baton Rouge or, or Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. It's Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, and uh, I went to work on. I wanted to go to college, but my parents didn't have. We had. I had uh, two brothers and two sisters, and my parents. My dad was worked, and my mom was a home home uh, maker, keeper, and um, we. Uh, so I went to work on towboats that summer and made enough money to go to college for the for the year, my freshman year, and uh, graduated from college, paid my own way through school, and got a job uh, as uh, with a company in New Orleans that uh, uh, paid me to uh, uh, go work on the boats as for a year on, uh, and, and get my pilot's license. So I got a, a license to pilot and steer the towboats. And uh, then I was back in the office working as uh, an assistant to the president when I met your mother. Assistant to the president of? Of a company. Oil Transport was the name of the company. And we hauled, uh, had tank barges and towboats. That's like a very niche market, right? Yeah. yeah. There's only like a handful of companies that actually do that. Um, or would you say it's a big? No, it's it's a big industry, but there's it, it's even worse today than it was then. There's there's there were a lot of mom and pop, pop companies back then, uh, a lot of opportunities, and now the, because of the cost of doing business and the capital and everything that it takes to, to get into that business and the risk. And there's a lot of insurance, mm -hmm. of, like, a, lot, a lot of expenses per right. pay, payroll and so forth. But um, it's mainly large corporations that are in it now. What was the name of the company again? Oil Transport. Oil Transport. And that was in New Orleans? That was you in were New doing Orleans. That? Uh -huh. That's where we met. When I was doing when we met. So tell us about, let's go to Deanna. Tell us about the first time that you remember seeing Preston. When was that and what happened? Do you remember? Do you remember? I was, it was my birthday. And I was out riding my bicycle. I lived in a second-story old house apartment in New Orleans off St. Charles. Is that the Garden District? Uh-huh. And I was dragging my bicycle up the stairs to, because, you know, I didn't have any place to store it. And my friend who lived downstairs uh, came out her door and she goes, oh, Deanna, 
go, come down here. I want you to meet somebody. I said, look at me. You know. <laughs> she said, well, go, go get dressed and come down here. I want you to meet somebody. He's just precious. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. And I walked into her living room. He was sitting on the couch. And he was so precious. <laughs> Very handsome and big blue eyes. I loved it. And that was that was the beginning. How do you remember it? Well, I had uh, was living in an apartment out in New Orleans and I had a friend from Memphis that uh, his name was Milton Ellis and he he was dating the girl they lived downstairs and they set me up with her on a blind date. Now I had seen her at the swimming pool at the apartment complex I lived in so I knew kind of knew who she was but I didn't know I'd never met her. How old were y'all? 24, 25. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. So what did y'all do on that first date? Well, we double date. We went to, so, so I recall, we double dated with them because they had set us up at this date. And uh, we went to some uh, band. There was a concert somewhere we went to. I don't remember that much about it. Uh, we took the trolley down there and we had a good time. In the French Quarter? Mm -hmm. We had a real good time. We danced and had a good time and then came back. Kind of hit, hit it off and we just started dating after that. It was. You know, he, he was so funny. He was telling jokes and we laughed. <laughs> Do you remember the first thing that you said to each other? Yeah. Do either of you remember? It was just uh, like hello or hello, probably. Oh, that's all. He's hi, how are you? Can you remember one of his funny jokes he told you that night? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't still tell the same jokes? No. <laughs> well that's good. <laughs> what about this uh the downstairs couple? Are they still married? They were never married. Oh, okay. <laughs> they didn't make it. No. So when so when so you started you hit it off. Yeah. You're like, I like this I like this person. When did you like in that process go, I wanna I wanna be with this person forever? When did you decide that? Well, it's kind of a, it was more of a business decision than it was anything else because we loved each other but we had never even considered anything about you know that that, that bonding to that level, <clears throat> but at least I had. And uh, anyway, we wanted to. I wanted to buy this house, and I needed. I needed her income to buy the house. <laughs> so said, well, you weren't making a lot of money as an assistant um, to the president. I made five hundred dollars a month. <laughs> That's my, that was my base salary. How many hours a week were you working? I don't know, Full probably time? 50, 60. And how many hours a week were you working? You were, and you said you said you were in, what did you say? In urgent intensive, care. intensive care? So you were in the ICU unit in New Orleans. Oh, I bet you saw some things in New Orleans in the 70s. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, but you were working full time there yes. too? So you were I making, was making uh, at least a hundred dollars less than him, maybe four hundred dollars more. And you had a roommate? Oh no. You lived by yourself? Yeah. I didn't have a TV. I read books. Yeah. And you had a roommate? Uh, actually, uh, 
I had an apartment by myself in, in this complex, and then I moved in with this other guy to cut the rent, which was a big mistake. But anyway, I did that. But I think I was living with him in that apartment at the time. We when you met. found the house? Yeah. So when you found this no, house? No, we, we, were, we were living together when, I, when we found the house. Oh, so you, who, when did you move in together? I don't know, probably about three or four weeks after we met. <laughs> Why so soon? Well, he wanted to get out of that apartment. Oh, because the roommate situation. And, and, and it, it, he didn't want to be uh, commuting between the two. Because it was kind of out in the suburbs. And yeah. I was down in the Garden District. Close to his work. I like the Garden District, too. Well, I? yeah. <laughs> she does have good taste. <laughs> yeah. Of course. So now you're living together... Did who do you remember who said I love you first? Like, was there like a moment where you somebody was like I love you, and then no, no, it was the business deal. It was first. the business deal. Okay, so no, you, we 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 had already, you know, we already loved each other, and right. then we had spoken the words. Right. But I don't recall how it first came up. Well, so conversation. But I just want to go back to second. So you know each other three weeks, and you move in. It was about that long, three or four weeks. <laughs> Into it. He talked he you into me into it. Okay, what how, what did he have yeah. to say that got you convinced? Cheaper. <laughs> mm. She didn't have any money, so I didn't have much more. <laughs> but you know, even then, when I was making that, I put fifty dollars a month in savings of my paycheck. I'm always proud of that. So you're so you convinced it's just convenience, it's cheaper. Let's just we're, we're spending all this time together anyway. Three weeks in, we might as well just like my rent. Like I don't want to renew my lease next month. I'll just move in with you. Right. I think it was two weeks. Wow, it was pretty quick. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> when how long were you living together before you were like, let's get a house? Let's see, July to December. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were quick. Yeah. So you were like, let's get a house. Mm -hmm. And you, there was no like moment between that and saying, let's get married. Like, let's get a house first. No. So that was no like, proposal. No. The house, the house was first. We were sitting in my apartment. I was on the couch. He was sitting across in a chair and there was a window behind him. And he said that he wanted to buy this house. And uh, would we, you know, pool our money and go in and buy this house? And I said, no. I said, I said, what's wrong with living the way we are? We're happy just like this. And he started on, you know, he's a very good salesman. And he, he said that, we had enough money to, to buy one, and he was just giving, you know, scenario of how much better it would be when you have to climb up the stairs, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he, I, he had found one. And I, I said, I like it just the way it is. <laughs> I like it this way. He, he, so somehow he convinced you that you... Oh, I know. I said, I will not buy a house with somebody I'm not married to. Oh. And he said, well, let's get married. 
And I said, what's wrong with the way we're living? <laughs> I like it like this, you know. And then I finally went in. I said, okay, we're married and I'll buy it with you, but I'm not going into something like that. Yeah. Not married. So I don't have, and back then I wouldn't have had any, if we split up, I wouldn't have had any. Yeah. You know, there no legal, like, yeah. no legal protections there. Right. So she blackmailed me, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> so you found a house around December. You bought that house? Oh, I don't remember the timing on that. November, December, fall. Fall. Mm-hmm. We went through the process. And where was the house? In the Garden District? No, uh, we couldn't afford that. It's too fancy. Yeah. You know, we, went, we paid $20,000 for this house. It had a uh, garage behind the house on the right hand side drive behind the house and there's a garage back there and then above the garage was a bedroom and a bath and so i said that's one of the reasons why i wanted to buy that house was it was affordable and I, that i could figure out how to enclose the stairway was out exterior outside the garage you know going up to this bedroom i enclosed the stairway and enclosed the garage and made an efficiency apartment out of it I did all of it by myself, except for I hired some guy to help me, but he was a loser. <laughs> and uh, uh, we rented that out first, and it, it we rented it for two hundred dollars a month. Oh, that's nice, smart. And our, 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 our house note was one hundred eighty-five. Hmm. So we didn't even we just lived in the house and uh, fixed that up first, and then we started remodeling the house inside. Then that's she got smart. pregnant. So then she got pregnant, but y'all were married at that point. We've been married about a year. So um, then where did you get married? In Louisiana, New Orleans? Yeah. Was there a proposal? Yeah. Yeah. No. So, not a formal proposal. I did go, we drove up to her parents and I asked for permission to marry her. How did Lawrence Walls handle that? Very well. Very nice. Mm-hmm. They liked me. I made a good impression. And what about your parents? Oh, uh, well, we just kind of just told her we were getting married because there, there wasn't much, uh, you know, she wasn't a good Southern, you know, she didn't have roots. I a Yankee daughter-in-law. It's interesting. My parents, my my dad's parents weren't as easygoing either. That's, it's, it's interesting. It must have been the time to be protective of their boys, mm. right? Well, I also think it's interesting your, your parents were Southern heritage and they're holding on to that with, with her even though she's from kentucky which i would consider it is very, very southern, southern. Yeah. yeah um but i guess ohio maybe negated that <laughs> negated what you being from kentucky because yeah. ohio is considered oh, as far yeah. as his mother was yeah yeah, yeah the fact I, that you lived in ohio at all look i was north of baton rouge <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. I should have married somebody, you know, local debutante or something, you know. Did you do any of that stuff in high school? The not much. You do the southern balls and the no, I am. I wasn't in that crowd. You weren't. No. And that's so funny that your my good friend Ed Milner was. His mother was big in that. His sister was a debutante and all that stuff. But so he did some of that stuff. So y'all got married. What was your wedding day? What What's the date? May twelfth. 1973. 1973. And that was when y'all were living in that house that you fixed up the back uh, garage. Mm-hmm. 
and we had just moved in the house. We probably been in the house a month or two when we got married. When you long? It wasn't long. So, um, did y'all say like plan like let's let's have a kid now that we're married? Like, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> but no. wait, let's just wait. Let's go back just like a tiny bit. When you guys first moved in together, what was one thing oh, you learned about one another that maybe you didn't already know? I mean, it was a pretty quick, pretty, <laughs> everything. everything yeah, they didn't like, know each other at all. So they, oh. But like, what was like one big surprising thing, you know, whatever it may be, Deanna, go. <laughs> he said to me, you didn't ask me what I do for a living. <laughs> yeah. And I said, no. It doesn't matter. And he said, don't you want to know what I do for a living? I said, okay, what do you do? <laughs> he said, I barge off. Uh, that's right. I said, what? what? Barge off. What's that? Barge off. It didn't make any sense. I didn't know what a barge was. And I, the only all I knew was all detergent. <laughs> what do you do with detergent? <laughs> so he had to give me a lesson in barging oil. And it's oil, not in, oh. in, in Baton Rouge. Rouge it's is all. all. <laughs> what about you? Was there something yeah. about her that you didn't know that surprised you when you started living together? That she couldn't sew. I bought her a sewing machine for her birthday because, you know, my mother was a real good sewer and made up seamstress and made, up, made my sister's wedding dress. I mean, she was amazing. Yeah. Drapes and everything. But, I, but she was so poor and didn't have any clothes except what she wore to work. And I thought, well, you know, I'd get her sewing machine. So I went out and bought a pretty nice sewing machine. Used, but it was real nice. And I paid a little couple hundred bucks for it. Gave it to her. Oh, thank you so much. I needed that. She didn't even know how to do a button. <laughs> and that thing sat around for years. <laughs> she used it a couple of times. Like, used it when y'all had costumes. Oh, did, like is it the same sewing machine? Yeah, you, so for y'all listening, my mom used to make all of our costumes for the community theater shows we did when we were kids. She worked really hard. Like, you would build everything. She'd go buy the fabric, she'd cut the patterns, she'd sew everything. Mm -hmm. and did that was good, the same sewing machine. You did a good job, too. You did. You did a great job. It was Thank fun. To, it was fun to see you be creative because I, I think that, I you know, with nursing, you don't always get that creative outlet. Oh, no. So <laughs> it was fun to watch you be creative. I remember that. Um, all right, so y'all got married May 12th, 1973, in New Orleans, mm -hmm. and both sets of parents were there, mm -hmm. and how was that? <laughs> was that the first time they met? <laughs> yep. At your wedding? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. We paid for our own wedding, and uh, so we had, uh, had planned on it. We had a couple that we knew in New Orleans, I knew through, through work, and... Um, uh, they lived in New Orleans, and they were a real nice couple. And had a they had a nice patio apartment off of the off, out off of the lake, Lake Pontchartrain. It was a really beautiful area, and it was a great patio. Opened up into their little house there that they rented, and uh, we were going to have a reception there after the wedding. And the week before the wedding, he he comes up to me, he says, "Well, who's going to clean up after?" And I thought, you know, I thought they off, they, you know, that they were 
paying for the cleanup because I thought you know, they offered their patio to us. I didn't have any plans to do it. And so we just said, we changed, we decided not to do it there and went and had it at the church. And the day of the, the wedding, it was a beautiful day. And, um, but just as about the time we said, about the time we were supposed to say I do, thunder, boom. <laughs> really? And it hailed. It was just coming down on the roof. And on our cake and stuff out in the patio of the church. They had to bring everything in fast. Yeah. I always thought, thought that was kind of an omen. <laughs> an omen. <laughs> and I did tell him, see, I've always had a lot of crises in my life. And so the week before we got married, I told him, I said, you know, this is not going to be easy. You know, I... I tend to have a lot of crises. <laughs> and I said, you, it's okay if you want to back out. That was my out. <laughs> the week before? <laughs> yeah. You didn't take it. Kip, Kip and I were in the foyer of the, of the, of the uh, church. She's, uh, we're, going, we're fixing to go down, down to the front of the church. And my brother Kip comes up to me and says, do you know what you're doing? <laughs> I've always wondered what you know. What was I doing? You know, but, uh, well, what, what what was your thought? Like, what were you thinking? Like, so, I, well, no, of course I had doubts. You know, and, you know I'm 26, and you know, private life, and here I'm going to commit to this relationship, and you know, maybe I'm not ready. After that, I was really worried. You know, did it feel like an adventure? Is that like why you were like this? What you know, you only live once, and just going to go for this yeah well I knew I loved her and we yeah. got we the chemistry was there so it was just a question of was I really re committed you know to, uh -huh. that was that was an issue but yeah you know, did it change did your commitment change after that moment like when you got married <laughs> did things feel different not to me my dad asked me in that same foyer are you sure about this <laughs> <laughs> so people were having doubts for you <laughs> Lots of people. <laughs> <laughs> but then you got pregnant that same year. No. No, no, no. You, well, you got way, oh, right, because it was been a whole. Yeah. A year. Uh, we'd been married year, right. two years when I had Eric. So yes. what was life like um, those two years before you had Eric? Oh, it was great. Was it? Yeah. Oh, we partied hardy. You know? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I worked hard on the house and got it all fixed up and rented that apartment out and we go listen to jazz and go out to dinner, go to the theater. We went to the theater a lot. New Orleans. It's great for all that. And we had a great time. I had some good friends. And we partied with them and had them over the house and blah, blah, blah. You know, life was good. Mm -hmm. And then you found out you were pregnant. And you weren't trying. But you guys, had you guys talked about kids? You hadn't even talked about it, really? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love this story. Really, it gets better and better. I really didn't care too much to have any. Really? I was having fun. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want any kids either. Really. So what? So when you found out you were pregnant, what was your thought? Um, my was thought she... was, how am I going to tell you? <laughs> 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 so how did I tell you? Do you we, were, remember? we were driving in a car somewhere. Once. No. You gave me a card, didn't you? Or no. What? 
who is Father's Day, and yeah. they gave you a cake. Father's Day. I knew. <laughs> That's cute. I knew there's something. Uh, what's this? <laughs> I thought you gave me a card, Father's Day card or something. Well, yeah, maybe I gave you a card too, uh, along yeah. with the cake. You're like, here, congratulations. <laughs> Anyway, I, I, you know, I was thinking, oh, Lord, here we go. How am I going to pay, pay for this? So what did you do? What, like, what, did you went looking for a different job? Yeah, you just, like, I, started, I started thinking about career changes. and you know, I knew that I was going to have to do something because where I was working wasn't going to pay me anything. So I went to work as a, with a, in a survey with a survey company, and we made, uh, made several moves after that and tried to chase the dream. After he was born. Yeah, after he was born. Oh, that was after Eric was born. After Eric was born, my focus was on my career, trying to get money. Make more money. Make more money for everybody. So, because your life before Eric was just fun, fun, fun. Then you have Eric, and you're like, well, we got to figure something else out. Right. Like, we got to figure out how to... I lost my mind. Did you? Yeah. I, I did. I had postpartum depression, and he was... A um, fragile X baby and trouble. did not sleep. He was sleep. a trouble baby. Yeah. He wasn't a terrible baby. He was I a said sick tr baby. Trouble. Oh. <laughs> he would he would stay up all night and cry. No, he screamed from seven o'clock in the morning till about seven or eight o'clock at night. Oof. And he would come home from work, and I would still be in my nightgown, rocking him mm -hmm. with dirty <laughs> with diapers and the diaper pail. Yeah. And I would cry and cry all the time. Oh, yeah. It was a hard time. It was hard. How long did that last? A year. Wow. Yeah, at least. So when? So I'm so curious when y'all moved, because you you didn't stay in New Orleans much longer than that, right? After that, yeah, we, I had an, I went to work with a survey company, and then uh, I had some uh, an opportunity to move to Morgan City, Louisiana which is where we moved. And I'm glad we did because it opened up to other opportunities for me down the road. But at the time, it was a very poor decision because it moved us to Morgan City, Louisiana, which is nothing there. After being in a city yeah. where you had access. It's the dropping off place of the world. <laughs> I made the table edge is. Yeah. I made a mistake taking that job, but it was a good experience and I learned a lot. And... Uh, but I was gone Monday through Friday, basically, and that was really hard on her. It was really. Were you still working? And no. So I we did that for about a year, year and a half. We opened. No, we were there six months. Was it all? It was enough to traumatize me for life. <laughs> I thought it was longer than that. So Morgan City for six months, and then you found a job in Houston. Oh. Um, so you crossed the border and went to Texas. Went to Texas. And. Uh, and how'd your parents feel about that? <laughs> oh, they wouldn't. They, you know, they didn't. They, they, they really weren't part of our lives. That's oh, that's good. Wait, okay. So, then, kind of speeding along. So you get to Houston, you get pregnant again. Yes, in the apartment while we were trying to build a house. You were trying to build a house. So you're planning to build a house in Houston, and then you found out you were pregnant. With, yeah. with Todd. It was a spec home, you know, one of those. Did you end up getting that house built? Yeah. And that's the first house y'all moved into? Yeah, we lived there for a year and a half, two years, right? And then we moved back, we moved to Beaumont. And that's when, you know, oh, right, so you moved, you had that house first, then you sold it, moved to Beaumont? Yeah. 
and then you moved back to Houston at right, some point. Right after that. that, didn't, that didn't How long were you in Beaumont? Each time we moved, I got pregnant. Because <laughs> you, moved, you moved to Beaumont. You did not get pregnant in Beaumont. You moved back to Houston and then got pregnant with, with, with me and Bart. She had actually got, she was pregnant in Beaumont, but she was delivered in Houston. Oh, okay. So you moved while you were pregnant. Gosh. So you were pregnant twice and moving. Mm-hmm. In four years, we had four kids and moved six times. Wow. <laughs> that sounds exhausting. Yeah. But I had opportunities. We couldn't pass them up. And, you know, and I'll... you go where the work is. So, it, so you went from not really talking about having kids to now you have four. What did having kids teach you about yourselves? That in, at that time, at like that time, in the early, like in the what early did you years, what did you learn about the, yourself? Yeah, what were the first things after you, you had kids? That I was not up for the job, <laughs> <laughs> and I should have stuck my guns. <laughs> she, yeah, yeah, that was all my fault. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my goodness! You've had four kids. What have you learned about yourselves from your kids over the last 40 years, 40 whatever years? You can't measure love. The more you give, the more it grows. Uh, that you can do more than you think you can. You can, you're stronger than you think you are. I don't know. That's all I can think of. Those are good. What about very you, good answers. Oh, yeah. Man, it's hard to beat that. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just, I think uh, age gives you perspective and, and humility. You know, it gives you, gives you the, the strength to carry on uh, you, through, through your kids. You know, you, you want to be there for them. So I think that's part of it. Good. Those, those that's are, a good answer, those too. Those are good answers. How have you mar managed to stay married for 47 years? What is your secret, Preston? Well, we've certainly had our trials, and it's, uh, but uh, what you have to realize is love conquers all. You have to, you know, it's, it, you, we, we made a decision to stick together through hell and high water because of our children. It, it was, we felt like it was best for our kids to, to have, a, a, you know, Parents, not not single single parents either, and uh, so that, that and you and you love you know you love grows over time. So um, that, that I think that was the key is staying together for you know, the strength of the, the the family, the marriage for the family uh, for the kids. Nice. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 was. Uh, you just have to make up your mind. Mm -hmm. Things going to be bad. And another thing, I one of my mantras is never make a life decision where you're in emotional turmoil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's great advice and yeah, so true. What, so this is like totally turning a corner, but so during this like quarantine time, I mean, we're not really quarantined that much here anymore, but what like during the time from the start of the pandemic where you guys were like spending maybe more time together, is that true? Were you guys spending more time together during the, the beginning of the pandemic? Mm -hmm. Was there something that you learned about each other during this time that you didn't know already about each other? Anything new? 
I didn't realize how hard she worked around here and some of the stuff she does, but I've learned, I've learned to appreciate that. Um, no. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I do think uh, I realize that he appreciates me more than she thought I, thought. I did. Mm, that's Aww. super sweet. That's so sweet. Yeah, that's make me cry. That's so sweet. Okay. Anything you want people to know about you before we move on? No. About your marriage? You have a very unique family. It's something we didn't really even talk about is you have a son, Fragile X, the oldest son. You've got um, two, two sons who have been married multiple times and one who's married to a man. <laughs> Does that... Has that affected growing up in the South, growing up in Kentucky, and your, you know, in your, your background? How has that affected your viewpoints on life or your experiences of life, having four sort of very unique personalities as your children? It totally changed me. I mean, I grew up from a, you know, a family of that. We, you know, I used to make fun of people with special needs. Mm. I mean, that's, you know, I didn't know better. So I've come a long ways. Amazing. Anything you want to say? It's just very hard and you have to be patient and you have to be open. You have to accept and be aware of everybody's differences and try and support everybody yeah I remember you know like living you know everybody get along well we're all still walking we all still have all of our fingers and toes <laughs> amazing you've done a great job <laughs> that's because of you <laughs> well, thank you so thank you, thank you. Mm. all right we are now going to move on to a segment we call Spotlight on Love. Somebody writes in um, with some story, situation, relationship, sometimes family, depends on what's happening in their lives. And they, they are seeking our and our guests' unqualified advice. So we want to hear from, from Mom and Papa Mimi Shuford what sort of advice they would give to this person. Cool? Okay. All right. You want to read it? Yeah. Oh, okay, I don't know how good the handwriting, uh, the grammar is. But. All right, well, that's okay. All right. I've been going on long trips with a friend. He's just a friend, and we like it that way. I don't want to ruin our, our friendship, but I find myself fantasizing about us being more. I really love him, but I'm not sure how to find out how to find out if he feel what he feels about me without destroying the good thing we have going. I'm so afraid I'm never going to find a real partner since my divorce, but I have so much fun with this new guy. How do I find out how he feels without ruining our friendship? I would say give him some space and see if he comes back. Good. Yeah, that's, that's a really, good, really answer. good answer. Yeah, that's a great. What answer. do you mean? Like, how do you do that? Like, but I like he's my friend. Mm -hmm. I want to spend time with him. How do you give him space without? Because then you have no like. Maybe this person feels like they wouldn't have a life. They don't get to do the fun things. Yeah, doing. that's difficult. 
I'd go out with uh, another guy and and I would say, you know, I have this friend. Would you like to go out with her? <laughs> oh, oh, that's and a good idea. Like, see if he, and then see if he's like, well, I wouldn't want to do, do that. that. Oh, that's good. That's I like your answers. Those are really good. Um, I would just, I in my head, I was like, I would just say, talk to him and say, hey, listen, like I don't want to jeopardize our friendship in any way, but I'm kind of feeling like I'm curious what things would be like. Nope, turn him off. I think all of your answers would be over. I think all of your answers are so much better. Mine would just be like, just keep doing what you're doing. And if something happens, something happens. That's <laughs> like, like where my brain would be. Like when you're camping, just like, like reach oh, over no. and see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are better. Those are yeah. better tips. Yeah. That's Those good. are good answers. Yeah. All right. Age. Papa yeah, Mimi. that's true. Papa Mimi. Really Y'all listen through. to Papa Mimi. They'll come through for you. Yeah. Um, all right, if you want relationship and dating advice from our completely unqualified selves, shoot us a DM on Instagram at Broadway Husbands or email us on broadwayhusbands.com and we just might choose your question on the next episode. Also, to guarantee you receive our advice, consider becoming a patron on our Patreon and you can join us live to ask your question. Check out this plus another array of benefits at patreon.com slash broadwayhusbands for more details. Well, we feel so honored to have this yeah. as guests. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for, yeah. for being so game. Just for being so loving and great. And mm. we really love you. Appreciate it. I Thank feel like you. what we I love you too. What I learned from this, what I learned from this story that I think is really interesting is you really you really just are instinctual. You're both very adventurous. Like that, it all just was like, we're just gonna go for it and figure it out as we go along. And I, I definitely think I inherited that from you. I think that that's that's a, I, th I see it as an asset and a gift. Um, I think a lot of people, um, you know, who are very A-type and want to be strategic, don't understand it. <laughs> but I think that I see that you guys have really built this beautiful life because you were willing to just go with the flow and let life unfold and, and do it together and and work through whatever challenges and things came your way. And I think I think God has blessed us too with a lot of a lot of gifts along the way. We had a lot of miracles along the way too. Well I'm very lucky to be part of your family. Thank you. Well, <clears throat> we're lucky to have you. And my, as mom always says, I love all my boys. Yeah. I love all my boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't forget to love who you love and love what you do. Hey, it's Leslie Udom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. 
With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.